Hey everyone, welcome back to Navigating Netflix Originals. As always, I'm Madison, and as always, I am joined by Jamie. That's me. It is. It always <laughs> is. <laughs> it is. One of these days it won't be. Oh, uh, well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> we had a guest, like, a guest star like once, right? We did. I was still here, though. Well, yes. I was <laughs> implying that you wouldn't be around. Ah. <laughs> Just that there might be somebody else someday. Maybe. True, true. So what are we discussing today, Madison? So today we are discussing the Netflix original called Maniac. Not yes. Manic, as I kept calling it. Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> right. the time we talked about it leading up to actually watching it. Hey, you um, know. I don't remember what it was called. <laughs> That's okay. So it's called Maniac, and it is... A 10 episode series on Netflix. And so, so like for, for our viewers who have been with us for a long time, you might remember that we watched a movie at one point called Unicorn Store. Yeah. And at that point, I thought that was the weirdest thing that we would ever watch for the show. <laughs> <laughs> but I've now changed my opinion. This show was so fucking weird. <laughs> Wait, you found this show weirder than Unicorn Store? Yes. No. <laughs> Unicorn Store is fucking crazy. Unicorn Store was fucking crazy. So was this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose. We have differing opinions about yeah. how insane this show was. Um, so the, the general overview, if you if you want to call it that, is that the two main characters, Annie and Owen, sign up for a pharmaceutical test program. Um, and they're, they enter into this program, but mostly because they need the money. Um, well, at least that's why Andy goes into it. I feel like Owen's motivation is more unclear. <laughs> but, I, think, I think in part he actually wants to have the benefit like, of being. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, because he, he, like, we know from the beginning that he has a history of mental illness. He's been diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, so maybe he is kind of hoping that this program will cure that because it's kind of what the program is advertising is that they will be able to cure you of any ailment that you have almost like as far as your mental illness goes. Right. <laughs> um, so what was your if you didn't think this show was like the most bizarre thing you've ever watched? <laughs> what did you think of this show? <laughs> so I. And I, I liked the show. I thought it was an interesting take on on sort of what this process that they're explaining with the ABC pills uh, does. Yeah. There were definitely some like crazy elements, but like for oh. me, it seemed kind of like a blend of uh, like black, like a light sided black mirror meets, I don't know. That like old Disney movie where the house is alive, smart house or something. <laughs> but I thought it was I thought it was interesting and like I think that they they left enough like trails in each of the different like um, I can't remember what they were calling them, but I'll just call them for lack of better term realities right now. But in the yeah. different realities, there were enough like common threads or hints at the real world or things that the characters had spoken about to at least make it unified even though the stories between episodes were like vastly different they were that makes sense so i guess that's why i think it was so strange yeah. was 
like every so like each pill as as the like what do you call the participant i guess in the yeah. study each time um they take it they take it over three different days so they take pill a and pill b and pill c and each one is like supposed to you put they go into like this unconscious state and the pill helps you first to oh, hold on i wrote it down what each one was supposed to do. The first one was supposed to make you relive your worst traumas in your life and the way you felt during them. Pill B makes you break down the walls and barriers protecting yourself from said trauma. And Pill C makes you accept the past so you can be born anew as a better and happier person. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think how they, I wrote it down, like how they described each pill to the participants in the study um, so that they would kind of have like some context as to like what to expect going into it. Yeah. But... Like that, that part I'm all like, I'm on board at, at that up until that point. Like it makes sense. Where it goes sideways is the computer that is controlling the study <laughs> is like an yeah. artificial intelligence computer that has fallen in love with the head doctor on the study who then just drops dead for no apparent cause <laughs> and completely breaks the computer's heart who then proceeds to try and sabotage the study you don't think that's weird that part is the weird part like i agree everything that had to do with everyone's apparent relationship with the computer <laughs> is very very strange like yeah it's it's just very weird like apparently you know so many months ago or or years i don't know they introduced uh, empathy into it and then it developed right. into this completely sentient being essentially and like when and when they described that that made sense because like they yeah. their reasoning was that they introduced empathy because some of the previous participants in the clinical trial in the pharmaceutical test program had actually gone catatonic because they had not been able to deal with like facing these traumas so like introducing the like the computer's ability to feel empathy was supposed to like help the computer to prevent the patient from going that far in windward where they wouldn't ever be able to come back out of themselves essentially. Yeah. Um, so that I, I was like, okay, that's, that makes sense in this context. In this context. Yeah. <laughs> then James. What? Yeah. He is the weirdest dude in any show ever. And he's the one who i guess he was like the one who created the computer like him and um what's her face azumi or dr fujita or something yeah yeah yeah. we'll just call her azumi because her first name's easier to pronounce than her last name (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah and so james had had also a relationship with azumi right and she was the main person who created the computer though it made it seemed but she like based the computer off of James's mother. <laughs> right. Like it, it, at one point she says like very offhandedly, and I scanned your brain <laughs> to James's mother. And, and she's just like, what? And they never elaborate on that. <laughs> right. I think the closest we get to that is at the end when they're all up on the top level of that building, or whatever, speaking to the, the weird old uh, TV. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, she's basically just like, and you expect to be sued from me, you know, for stealing my, you know, being, essentially. Yeah, which, okay. It's what? very, yeah, it's very strange. I don't fully understand that. But I guess maybe, um, are we to assume that maybe James had more role in creating the three steps? I'm not sure. It seems like he had 
some role in i think maybe not creating the computer like yeah but creating the actual medication like that yeah. he was the one who created the pills design whatever chemistry is inside of them to to make this happen inside of the brains and then the computer was there to make sure that the people were actually experiencing yeah. what they were supposed to be experiencing during the pills but so what's interesting about you mentioned earlier that, and they kept calling them McMurphys when people would be catatonic, and they yeah, it must um, be that was the name of the first person that it like happened to, is what I'm guessing. Right, and so they introduced you know empathy into the computer to help, but we learned that the computer is basically like threatening to do it again. So it's yes. kind of like the computer the whole time has been like collecting people. It seems. Right. Yes, it does seem that way. For what purpose? I, I don't think we fully know unless it's to just not be alone. But these thing, the people that were catatonic didn't seem to have actual interactions, except for Annie, who was still like up and about. But maybe it's because she was early on in the collection phase. Right. I don't think she'd actually like gone catatonic yet at that point. You know, she was, you know, still functioning. Her yeah. vitals were still okay. <laughs> right. So it's kind of odd that. So the computer is sinister. Right. Empathy chip. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, the, the, the computer is the weird part of the show for me, I guess. Like, the, some of the experiences that they have are definitely bizarre. But like you said, they kind of are fantasy worlds that do relate back to their actual life. But yeah. like the computer aspect of it. Number one... I don't understand why they need it at all because why couldn't like clearly since Annie was addicted to taking a, she's clearly able to have these, you know, sort of um, experiences in her mind by just taking the pill. The computer is not assisting in creating these experiences at all. It's just there to like monitor and record them. So why they actually need it when they could just ask the test subjects what they experienced. I don't understand <laughs> like how right. the playing like that important of a role in all of this um i mean I, yeah i guess in a way like the only thing i can think of is that we know that they clearly have access to all of the info that the computer is like recording about each of their right. individual experiences um because they then test them on it and be like why did you do this or why did you see a lemur and all this stuff <laughs> right um so maybe it's just to to be able to see inside of their minds and have some sort of verification so that they know that the participant is ready to go on to the next step or whatever well um, i can see i can see how it would be like helpful in that yeah. regard but like not essential no. to the whole operation which is definitely how they make it out the scene like that the whole you know, everything would collapse if the computer collapsed. It was like the core of this whole operation, which doesn't seem to be the case. It seems like the people would have these experiences in their mind, regardless of whether or not they were hooked up to the computer. Right. And if anything, it was hindering because, you know, it was like right. preventing <laughs> it, it straight out prevented Annie from like, you know, the first time letting her sister go because yep. they showed up and all that but yeah. yeah the computer was able to like kind of insert herself into the storylines and alter them like yeah. you said by trying to like convince annie to to not move on past the death of her sister which was like her i guess ultimate goal of taking these three pills <clears throat> but then i i do wonder if um Obviously, they go into like an emergency shutdown, but it does seem that the computer seemed a little changed after she saw uh, Annie talking with her sister and basically like um, accepting her death and the things yeah. that she'd said to her. 
it seemed like she was, you know, she realized that. I think that situ- that conversation was helpful with with Annie and how she was like, you know, you're never going to get over this. You just need to learn how to like live your life around it and all that. I think that potentially could have been helpful if they decided to continue on with the computer experiment. Right. But then like moments later, um, uh, Owen finix- finishes his Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Which, okay, like what kind of computer has some internal Rubik's Cube that would just like really <laughs> cause it to collapse? <laughs> it's, I mean, I, we know that he is really into Rubik's Cube. So I don't know if it's just because like part of it was still his mind. I don't know. See, now that's, this is the interesting thought that I, that I had about that with maybe the computer didn't need to be like sabotaged, but Owen needed to sabotage it in order for him to be able to recover. Yeah. So maybe like the computer actually sacrificed herself in that way to like save Owen because of the empathy chip. Ooh, could be. We don't really know that for sure, but like that's one possibility, I suppose. Yeah, because I think that despite everything, at the end of the show, we do have Annie and Owen who, although not like cured, cured, like they seem to be in a much better place than where they were before they went in. So in some way, the treatment did work for them. And, um, you know, we'll see what happens or we won't because it's a limited series, but yeah. (laughs) There's no season two. <laughs> the characters will see what happens with that, but we can wildly speculate. I like that idea that the computer like knew that that's what he needed, because she seemed ultimately like really invested in Owen and Annie because she, you know, they're intentionally or not, their wires were crossed, and then she kept yeah. getting into their stories, you know. And like you could, we could elaborate on our fan theory and even say that perhaps the stories being crossed was all part of the computer's plan to begin with because they, she saw them kind of like connect at the beginning. True. They made this connection with each other where, where Annie tells him that confirms that she is his contact and that he's there to save the entire world. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about this later. Which is like, which is like um, kind of what Owen in his like schizophrenic um, state, he has a vision of somebody he he calls his brother, but it's not his actual brother. Yeah. Um, who in this part, like this this vision is telling him that he's like going to save the world, kind of thing. Yeah. So if he actually did end up kind of saving the world that he was, you know, in inside of the computer, like that would you know bring his psychosis full circle, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Grimson, who is the the doppelganger of Jed, his brother, yeah, is an interesting character because at first, I guess, like at in parts of the show, he seems somewhat sinister, as well. Yeah, but then, like in the last episode, for example, he is very much like telling them all that they're in a simulated reality. So it's kind of like Owen's consciousness or the part of him that remembers that this shit's going on and that there's a real world is like helping take them out of that world to be like, you need to wake up and you need to do this now. Right. (laughs) Yeah, because Owen's storyline like outside of the pharmaceutical trial is very interesting because he's like clearly from some rich family and his brother is clearly done something very shitty. and very, Very pissy, one might say. 
Yes. <laughs> um, and he has, he's supposed to be testifying like for his brother. I'm not sure if they're like expecting him to take the fall for it. Is that kind of how you read it? Like, I don't he, think like, so. Crazy kind of thing. No, I think he was just meant to be his alibi, so to say, because okay. I think his, his, um, his apartment and like where he lives doesn't have cameras and isn't really traceable. I okay. think they were supposed to be like, my brother was there with me, yeah. you know, and it couldn't yeah. be verified otherwise. Which is, yeah. Which I mean, how did they not realize that the office building <laughs> happened and had security footage and they would use that? I'm not sure how they, their lawyer missed that one. But <laughs> I know it's like, hello, this is, uh, and then they're just trying to like play it off. Like, that's not me. That's someone else. Could be anyone. And it's like, you see your face. Like it's clearly him. <laughs> yeah. And I was so worried that um, he was going to fall back and just like, you know, because at first he just, he tells the judge and everyone that, you know, his brother was with him. He can verify that, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But then he does reach a point where he just eventually like says, like. He sees the video. Yeah. And he sees Judd doing this to this woman. He's just like, no, fuck this. Clearly that's him. You know, he wasn't with me. I lied. <laughs> yeah. And that's good. And then he's committed, of course. Which I, I. I'm sure that he, his family would not just be able to commit him. Like when he wasn't expressing any sort of psychosis, like he was actually a more clear mind than ever before at that point. He was. So his family was just able to commit him. I don't understand. Well, I think because uh, he said something when Annie's like, "Why are you here?" and he's like, "I sent anthrax." Blah blah blah. I, his brother earlier told him, like, you know, if if you don't happen to take or happen to help me out with this. You, there may be letters sent to some important political figures. And I think he did. I think he, when he turned on him, his, he or parts of his family um, did things to make it look like he was going through an episode and was dangerous. I guess, because there was no advantage to doing it at that point. You know, Jed was still going to jail. (laughs) Oh, I think it's just, you know, being petty and wanting to get, because Jed is ter- obviously a terrible person, so oh, yeah, the family in general is just terrible. But yeah, so I think that was just a way to um, to get back at him in a way, even though he did only the right thing. But, right. But um. But yeah. Um. So yeah. But so he ends up committed, and Annie is able to unrealistically. <laughs> him <laughs> i love that but she did kind of set it up like when she first went in she was like oh i'm here looking for my husband and yeah. then i think she signs in two people's names on the thing yeah and, and then you know is wearing her dad's clothes so strips and puts them on him I'm like that's kind of ingenious even though <laughs> they then drive around the parking lot three times or whatever and before they leave <laughs> yeah they're not good at driving <laughs> no either one of them <clears throat> But yeah, so it kind of ends like in this happy ending way, and it and it's like the the vision I guess that Owen had described earlier on in the show that he's in a car and he's yeah. and he's laughing and smiling, but he's being chased by somebody. But in that moment, it doesn't matter, which is like exactly how the show ends is that they're being chased by the you know authorities at the insane asylum, but it didn't matter because he was happy because he yeah. Was so it ends in like a really sweet way. They're also being chased by that little street cleaner with a hawk on it. <laughs> and yes. a fox or something running? I don't know. 
I don't know. I I know the like I understand where the hawk came in, but I don't understand the other animal. But and maybe it was in one of the visions, and we just missed it. I don't know. It could have been because um, they <laughs> talked about an owl for a little bit, and there was like an owl in on Olivia's shirt in one of the visions, and mm-hmm. like that's that's the thing that I, I thought was really fun about this is that they sort of inter the way that they interconnected that and just um, like they introduced Greg. Uh, fuck you, Nan. Whatever is <laughs> la- la- Nasland or whatever, in an interesting way in the first sort of vision. Yeah. Um, so it's just kind of interesting, like how they interconnected all those little things in Don Quixote, the the chapter of Don Quixote that they were looking for, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. It's cool. I don't know. So we have we have a bunch of different adventures. So what, yeah. which one do you think was like your favorite one? to watch you know with with which pill oh my gosh um <laughs> i think that the i thought it was it, it was fun watching the one where they were in like what time would that be they were inside uh gertie's mansion and um they were okay. trying to find the quixote chapter just because they introduced elements of like seances and yeah. uh you know muramoto was like resurrected as a frankenstein kind of um and like all that stuff i think that was and then they were dancing which was just ridiculous um so that was probably i found that to be the fun pretty fun that was fun i i like that one a lot too i think i like the one where annie has to save the lemur (laughs) (laughs) ridiculous yeah i liked that was the first vision they had together i think yeah and um before i think <laughs> yeah and that was kind of interesting because they as like to be that early on the episode where they have no idea what's like they believe themselves to be linda and bruce right basically so it was very kind of strange at first and then like at the end when she starts saying all these things about her parents or her mother leaving and uh, you know oh owen is bruce is like but your parents are still together and she's kind of like right oh yeah. You know, there's that weird, you know. They don't They don't really, like, become aware of themselves during the fantasies until, like, episode seven, I think, is, like, the first time, like, Annie realizes that she's inside. And it's, like, when she's in the in elf world there and in yeah. our Tolkien's world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, like, the first time, I think, that she becomes fully aware that she is not the elf. She is Annie. You know, this is part of her quest kind of thing. <clears throat> yeah i'm not sure which pill it, that maybe that would have been the c pill by i that think point. so yeah but so even like with, with the b pill they don't ever realize like who they are for real only at like the ends really yeah for the one she starts to realize that like that's not her life but other than that they just yeah they're really into it yeah even though it's kind of funny because like at that point during the one that i was talking about Annie is like popping in and out between her own mind, I guess, and Owen's mind. Yeah. Um, And it's kind of funny because like he, Ollie, the character basically just accepts that that's something she can do. Because he's like, why are you always popping in and out? You know, like, (laughs) it's just like normal for them, which is kind of how funny how I guess like, I don't know, if you were in that sort of thing in your mind, I guess it probably would adapt to be like, well, I guess she can do that. Yeah, it would kind of be like like when you're having a dream, you know, and like something weird happens and you're just like, okay, like, right. that's normal, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. 
And, and that's kind of, that is sort of what they're having is like a, a drug induced dream. Essentially. That's just like hyper realistic. Yeah. True. So I can see how that works. Plus like the reason like they keep like, po like she keeps leaving, like they keep leaving each other's storylines is because they're manually trying to separate like they're <laughs> right. on the computer because they don't want them to be overlapping. Um, they want them to be having their own experiences, but apparently like Annie and Owens just need to overlap in order for them to resolve their issues. Yeah. Or maybe the computer is making it happen. Fan theory. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they needed to be in each other's minds to help each other make, Ooh, make it through. That is also possible, which is weird because they didn't know each other before the study at all. They didn't know. But it's true that, like, you must imagine that going through all of that in your mind for what feels like reality. Right. Like, would would kind of connect you to this person. Yeah. And it's like when you wake up, you know it was just a dream. But at the same time, you know that person was also having that same dream with you. <laughs> you right. know? So that, is, that would be a weird thing. <laughs> yeah. So I'm glad that she went back and broke him out of the <laughs> mental... Yeah. Like, I was glad that we get to see her with her father beforehand, though, yeah. and her father is gonna be okay <laughs> because our initial like you know meeting of him is that he's just like inside of the spaceship that he's built in his backyard. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what the hell is he even in? He like, just lives inside of it, I guess. That was very strange. And I think that um, like he was also having a hard time dealing with like his wife leaving and his daughter dying. Um, and his solution was to build this really tiny like spaceship looking contraption and just to like move into it permanently. <laughs> right. And never leave it. But he does. He does leave it. He does. Yeah. And she gives a nice little speech thinking that that will help him leave. But he's already left. <laughs> he's already left. <laughs> already out <laughs> after he saw how much money annie had stolen to him he just assumed she was never coming back <laughs> yeah. you steal all of my money <laughs> right i'll pay you back probably never <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it was good to see that and people yeah they did basically what they wanted to do in their in their real life storylines like they got a little bit of closure that they needed i think yeah. That made them in a position so that they could run away together. Yes. Um, yeah. And be happy, hopefully. And, uh, we don't really, like, the study includes, you know, several other people, but yeah. we don't know really anything about their experiences or what they see during their visions because we don't, we don't see any of that and it's not talked about at all in the show. But from what we know of Annie and um, Owen's experiences, it seems like these pills are effective at least to some you know extent they seem to have kind of worked past their their issues yeah even so. though everything's shut down anyway so right well again like the computer doesn't seem to be a vital part of it <laughs> true yeah so I'm, I'm i'm hoping they're able to you know get this drug on the market regardless of the computer because it doesn't seem to really be and it seems like the computer is the thing that's been malfunctioning in the past yeah. study past tests it's been the computer that's the issue not the drug right and the computer again is not essential to the drug in any way true true yeah i guess if you don't have some crazy computer encouraging all of your patients to just stay in their mind you're probably fine yeah i mean it seems like you'd be better really yeah i was gonna say for the other people besides what they kind of like leak during 
you know, times when they're not supposed to be speaking about what they saw. Right. Um, we do see a brief glimpse of the older woman and that sort of strange guy um, when they're in the elevator going down. Each floor that they stop at is one of their experiences. Oh, really? So, yeah. So, like, oh. the first one that opens up, it's the older woman who's, like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't pay too, too close attention, but she's, like, floating in air over, like, a sea of what looked like blood. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> and then she just kind of looks over and the door closes. So, I don't I, know what her I thing remember, was. <laughs> I remember seeing that, but yeah. I didn't register with me that she was another participant in the study yeah she was the older one um and then the uh the sort of bald white guy um i think he was bald or short hair at least very close to being bald yeah he was in another one when the elevator opened but he was like that guy chased like looking at all the animals in the field okay i don't know why but yeah yeah (laughs) i don't but if it's kind of strange that if this is the step where you have your confrontation, I'm like, what are they confronting in those? Yeah. <laughs> in, in the field. <laughs> Unless they left the trial alive, but not having completed their confrontations. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe that's what they need the computer for. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because I think uh, Annie did hers earlier on. And then Owen his completion of his confrontation shut the machine down right? or at least unlocked it or whatever. So maybe, you know, when they pulled the plugs, the others hadn't quite reached that point. They, hadn't reached there yet. they weren't quite there yet. <laughs> yeah. So interesting. That is possible. And that like the computer shutting down, you know, kind of just ruined the trial and that like, they can't verify that anybody else was able to complete their completely complete their pill C, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of interesting, too, during the, like, attempted shutdown process where everyone keeps being like, you know what will happen if we shut it down during Enigma mode or whatever they keep saying. (laughs) Epsilon something. And it's like, the whole time at first I'm like, oh, it means that everyone that's, like, connected is going to be trapped in there. They can't shut it down. But then they're, (laughs) yeah, then they're just like, we'll lose all of our data. And I'm like, oh. (laughs) So oh. you're you're risking killing everyone in this facility right now. <laughs> Will it really be worth it if all of your data just says that the computer killed everybody? <laughs> <laughs> right. Seriously. Um, yeah. So that was kind of strange. But I guess if that's like you've been working years on your and that's your life, I can understand how people would be, put that as like a. I guess <laughs> an important thing. I guess I don't I think guess. I would do that, but clearly these people are sort of a strange. Um, a motley crew, we could say. A strange bunch, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the also one of the strangest things that happened in this, even stranger than Gertie being a sentient computer, is that when um, Dr. Gerda and James first see each other again, she like kisses him on the lips prolonged oh. for like yeah. like three or four times. I'm like... <laughs> this is like his mother. Yeah. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, that was disturbing. And then it's weird because, like, she's trying to get closer to him this whole time. And then, like, at the end, probably because she's like, you used my consciousness without permission and all this. But, like, he's kind of like, maybe later we can 
you know, maybe grab a small lunch or, and he wants to like start making amends. And she's like, yeah, no, I'm going out of town and I'm not going to be back for a long, long time. I've been out of town for months. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. I was like, that's kind of a weird sort of, I don't know. Trail off from their storyline. Yeah. But that's okay. He makes out with the zoomie in the elevator. So whatever. Yeah. Oh, yes, he does. He doesn't need that. (laughs) He won't need that machine. He might be more interested in her than a simulated reality. Yeah. He won't need that little strap-on machine to suck him off anymore or whatever is happening. so weird. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Anyway, you just have to watch that scene. We're not going to describe it. (laughs) Yeah. It was uh, certainly interesting. But, um, and then that's pretty much, pretty much the, the show. Yeah. <laughs> that is pretty much everything that happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said you had a couple quotes or a quote or. I have one quote. Okay. And it was, as Owen, when he was under the influence of pill B, <laughs> he just looks, and this is the lemur storyline. And he just looks at Annie, who is like his wife in this, in this scenario. <laughs> He's like, so you agreed to a dying woman to deliver her illegal lemur to her estranged daughter on her deathbed. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like, yeah, that pretty much sums up that whole scenario. <laughs> yeah. Um, the only thing I wrote down, I think, was um, at some point, uh, oh, it was the thing that Annie told her sister, and she was like, sometimes people leave and we just don't know why. And yeah. I was like, oh. That was a good quote. Sad, but true. Yeah. Um, and that's all I wrote for quotes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I think overall, this is one of the least quotable things that we've watched. It is because there's not a lot of back and forth dialogue. Like right. the dialogue just kind of keeps the story going forward. It doesn't really, it's not meant to be like a humorous kind of banter dialogue, which is what is most quotable. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I would I would recommend this to someone if they're like into Black Mirror in a way, if they want a lighthearted sort of technically advanced yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I would recommend it yeah, to, to specific people as well, you know, looking for a certain weird type of show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just very strange. <laughs> true, true. And you have to be like, you have to kind of go into it knowing that you're going to have a hard time suspending your disbelief through the entire thing because it's very bizarre. <laughs> so True. just like, and you kind of get, I feel like it initially lulls you into like the sense that it's actually not going to be that weird of a show that it's going to be more serious. Yeah. Um, like the first couple of episodes, you don't get any of this like weirdness. You don't know about the computer. You don't see any of their um, the bizarre pill B and pill C experiences. <laughs> so you kind of think like, oh, well, this might actually be like a serious normal show. And then it just takes such a weird turn sideways. <laughs> it <laughs> like, does. This is not going to be the show I was expecting it to be, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. The first couple episodes, I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting this to be. Right. <laughs> and then it was different. I think I'd already told you at that point. I'm like, whoa, this show is weird. <laughs> yeah, right. And then, like, after you said that, I was, like, looking at every single scene to be like, what's the weird? Like, is this real? Is this not? No. It doesn't um, get weird. Well, to be fair, there is a one, like, weird thing that we learn about that exists in, like, the real world, which is kind of like like a retro futuristic world, like where yeah. it takes 
in the past, but it has all this like futuristic stuff. One of which is Ad Buddies, which is just like an actual human being who is paid to follow other people around reading ads out loud to them. So that's weird. That was so strange. And at first I couldn't figure out if it was just like um, a uh, interpretation for us of like what was going on in their head or something. No, but then it's like clearly that that you know clearly those are actual people, right? And then you have the friend proxies who are going and like pretending (laughs) the story. Yeah, you're a friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh, which Annie takes advantage of and tries to blackmail. Yes, of course. (laughs) Patricia to get into the study, which like I'm glad she apologizes for later. She does. I mean, I'm not sure that Patricia is completely forgiving, but (laughs) no, I don't think so either. But um, yeah, that that part was kind of strange for sure. Um, and then they have the little like self. I guess it's kind of like a Roomba, but for outside, which yeah. isn't too hyper realistic. Like I just don't think I've seen anything like that. But yeah, I mean, I feel like that will eventually exist. <laughs> I guess they have little robots now that deliver some packages, don't they? Do they really? That doesn't even surprise me. I, guess. I think so. Maybe There's I'm like making that up. Deliver packages, isn't there? There's what? Like drones that deliver oh. packages, aren't there? Like Amazon drones. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I think and I've no. read something about that, but I've certainly not seen any of them. I feel like you live in the only place where they probably exist. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't seen them, then they probably don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps. I also don't, you know, walk the streets these That's days. True. That's true. Too. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that is Maniac, pretty much. Yeah. I I recommend. Yeah, I would recommend as well. And it was a really good job by the two main people who are Jonah Hill and Emma Stone. Like, props to them for yeah. their performances in this. Yeah, good portrayals of crazy characters. Yep. <laughs> and a show like this has got to be fun where you get to, like, put on a persona in different episodes. Yeah. As an they actor. Get a lot of different, like, kind of characters, too. Yeah, so you pl- get to play around with it. Yeah. But yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, so that's um, that's Maniac. Uh, if you've made it this far in the conversation, thanks for listening. <laughs> and uh, we'd love to, to hear what you thought about Maniac. You can hit us up on Twitter at NNO Podcast. Or you can send us an email at navigatingnetflixoriginals at gmail.com. Yep. And uh, if there's anything else you would like us to watch, please let us know, as always, because, um, yep. you know. <laughs> We're always looking for suggestions. Yeah, and we're not in the middle of a series anymore, so we're not going to just keep watching that. <laughs> we're not going to continue watching Sense8 over and over again. <laughs> we're actually, next week we will restart Sense8. Guess <laughs> it, one episode at a time in detail. No. Yes. <laughs> uh, for anyone who's been listening to us long enough, you know that we used to listen or talk about individual episodes. Of Grace and Frankie at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> when this was a podcast that was created solely because the two of us wanted to discuss Grace and Frankie. True. <laughs> and like, well, maybe we should talk about other things, too. <laughs> but yeah, so clearly we're open to other, you know, other things. So anything, yeah. even if you think it's strange, we'd happily watch it. We clearly watch weird things. So. We do. Yeah. But yeah, so on that note, uh, we'll be back uh, next time with something new um, yeah. and continue to... You know, stay safe, wear a mask. Social distance. Social distance for sure, because that's something that people have thrown out the window. 
Yeah, people are like, oh, I guess we're over that. <laughs> yeah. So please don't be one of those people. And if you are, change so. your ways. You are as a person. Alrighty, on that note, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. <laughs>